Yeah, yeah. Car Sessions, live on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook Live. If you're not aware of who it is by now, let me adjust my camera a little something. It's your boy, Jav, locked in. What's good, people? You know, we had a little interesting weekend, I say. We finally got Kevin Durant returning back to OKC. Had to adjust my chair a little bit. Had KD returning back to OKC. But um, before I get into that, yo, listen, you're watching the videos, you're enjoying the content, please share. Share with your peoples. You know, you're not going to get this kind of talk on ESPN or anything like that. You know what you're getting with car sessions. And if this, if this is your first time joining me, yo, it's pure, it's uncut, there's no agendas, no none of that. We, 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 we follow one format. We keep it real on car sessions. If you're not familiar, get familiar. If you want to call in tonight, the number is 657-383-0306. Uh, my homeboy, longtime partner in this uh, sports podcasting thing, Akeem Richens, he's going to call in in a few. To th- we're going to talk a couple of things about leadership in sports. I got my buddy... Longtime Met fan, angry Nick fan, Eddie Sagara. He's going to join me as well to talk about some Knicks. But anyway, Saturday. I don't like how this camera, I don't like the angle of this camera. Let me let me adjust this a little bit. Yeah. Saturday, Kevin Durant made his triumphant return to OKC. I'm not necessarily surprised that the outcome is evident that the Warriors have the better team. We weren't necessarily going into it expecting a a, 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 a close game. Has been what two smokeouts in Golden State. We knew what we get we were getting ourselves into. Why am I stuttering so much? What's going on, guys? Anyway, we knew what we were getting ourselves into tonight. I didn't think that the fans would be as rough on Kevin Durant. As they were, his mother was saying things about them calling them the P word, calling them a bitch, da, 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 da. you know, I think OKC was really doing a lot. When it's all said and done, I'm a little disappointed in the fans of the Oklahoma City Thunder because you guys have lost complete perspective. Y'all drank the narrative Kool-Aid and, and lost one big nugget in why Kevin Durant is in Golden State. That nugget is the person that you've been cheering for so hard this season, Russell Westbrook. You know, you're giving KD all this grief about where he is and where he's located, and you're not thinking about the fact that he didn't want to play with Russell Westbrook anymore. All of this, oh, he went to the enemy, he's a coward, he quit. They had big cardboard cutouts of his tweets and things that he said. But nobody's thinking about the fact that he ran from Russell Westbrook. Why is nobody talking about this? Why is Russell Westbrook made to be some type of saint because he stayed in OKC? Some of y'all sports fans overrate loyalty. Russell Westbrook stayed because he was getting a raise and an extension. He knew what the message would be going out. But really what he did was he lined his pockets with, with, with amounts to probably... What, an extra 10 to $12 million? He went from a secondary-level player in terms of his contract to a max contract the minute Kevin Durant walked out the door. But we want to make this guy out to be some kind of saint, like he's a savior of OKC, this and he's that. Nah, man. 
It's all about the money. It's all about narrative control. He becomes, he looks good by staying, but we are, we are not thinking about basketball here. We're not thinking about basketball at all. My man ran away. Look at what's happening with, you know, I'm seeing all this talk about who Westbrook doesn't have. He doesn't have a superstar. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. James Harden doesn't have a superstar in Houston, and they have a way better record. It's because he plays a better style of basketball. Russell Westbrook on display showing you is about me, 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 me. My man had 47 points, 8 assists, 11 rebounds, and I think 11 turnovers. The ball is constantly in his hands. There's no way you can win playing that way. There's no way. And if any one of you ball fans who, who love stats and all of that other stuff, get, get, you know, you're losing your head and you're losing your mind about the logics behind the game, there's no NBA player in the modern game who can win the way Russell Westbrook is playing ball. Once again, the team in Houston is showing you there's a different way with an elite superstar to win. And at some point, you guys got to look beyond the stats and think about the basketball of it all. Russell Westbrook, you can't win even if you add another star. His style of game and his lack of an IQ with the game is a problem. And I need to get that off. Y'all, y'all stat mongers are starting to frustrate me right now because you're not thinking about things beyond numbers. That's an issue. Houston has a flat, flat out better team, Mark, but it's not that much better. It's, it's, it's not market, it's not markedly better. So I, that's not a fair argument, at least in my opinion. Again, this is my opinion. I can't tell y'all what to think, but in my opinion, the Houston roster is not that much better than the OKC roster, man. I disagree with that. But anyway, I just wanted to get that off. My homie A. Rich, Akeem Riches is about to come on. We're about to have a little sports discussion, leadership in sports. I'm pretty sure he has something to say about my stance on Russell Westbrook as well. So let's get him on the air. A. Rich, what it is, brother? Ray Jarvis, what's good, my brother? How's everything? What's good, what's good, what's good, man? Ain't nothing, man. Uh, Beautiful Monday. Got a chance yeah. to sneak in a little tidbit of your show today. I'm glad to be a part of the show. I'm glad you have me on. And I'm excited about what we're about to dive into today. Yeah, man. Yeah. Before we get into this topic about leadership in sports, is there anything you felt about my stance on Westbrook? You think I'd be a little too heavy-handed with him, or or are you in line with me? Oh, I do think you're a little heavy-handed, even though I'm in line with you, if that makes Ouch. sense. Please uh, <laughs> put me on. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is what he is, you know? Okay. You, can't, you cannot change what he is. His, his, his will to win and his high motor is a reason why the Oklahoma City Thunder is going to make the playoffs. You know, some obviously to some folks that's not good enough. But nevertheless, him by himself with no superstars is going to make the playoffs. Why? Because of his motor, because of his mentality, because of his will to win. You put Carmelo Anthony on that team and take Russell Westbrook off. Do you think OKC Thunder would be a playoff team? I, I'm not nah. so sure. Nah, they won't. I'm not so sure. <laughs> but at the same time. The way Russell Westbrook plays is also a detriment as far as championship aspirations. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's it's like it's like a gift and a curse. You're gonna make the playoffs with him, but you you, you can't win a championship with him. Take for example what the big three had to do in Miami with Bosch and James and Wade. Think about mm-hmm. what the the transition Wade had to go through playing with LeBron James. Russell Westbrook can't do that. His mentality and his style of play, I don't think, can change with other players. And that is okay. the problem Russell Westbrook has. He is the Allen Iverson of this generation. Mm. You know what? That's that's a fair that's a fair comparison. And if you would have put Iverson in the kind of conference that Westbrook is in right now, it probably wouldn't have been that one finals appearance with that roster that he played with back in 2001. I could see that high usage guy. He's not giving up the ball enough to where you can you can let another star flourish. You might you might be right. But you know we'll table that discussion because as we both know we got we got something around the corner that's coming to where we can get deep into that conversation. But um, I wanted to talk about leadership in sports, man. I saw a topic floating around the internet to where they was trying to say that it was an argument between Kevin Durant and um, what's this guy's name? Draymond Green. And the topic came about to where how can the fourth best player in the NBA? Get in the face of so the fourth best player on the, on the best team in the NBA. Get in the face of possibly the most talented player in the NBA. How is it possible for a guy of Draymond Green's level to be the leader of the Golden State Warriors? Is it possible for the least talented person to be the leader of a championship level team, or does the best player on the team have to be the leader? Man, I think that's a, this is an excellent topic that a lot of people was probably not discussing. So I definitely got to shout out you for noticing and taking heed to this topic and putting it to the forefront. Um, nowadays, in my opinion, with this new generation, you don't have to be the best player on the team to right. be the leader, and that goes and that's obviously shown by uh, a Draymond Green. You don't right. necessarily have to. You don't have to be the best player, but a player on that team that fits a role and is useful mm-hmm. in their role has to be a leader. So I think Draymond is is a perfect example of a guy not being the best player, but he is a leader on that team because okay. he is definitely well-respected. He's an all-star, and he's a great player in his own right that would be a leader and the best player on many teams. So, Draymond is definitely a prime example. You know, I feel as though that situation gets tricky. I see Mark here commenting on the live. By the way, you on the Facebook live as well, man. Mark is saying that the person with the best leadership qualities is not always the best player talent-wise, to which I agree with that. But I feel as though there's a topic here, a, a nugget of ego that, that concerns me. Because as you know, especially in sports, if I'm the nicest dude, I might have the ego of the nicest dude. And I don't want a crumb trying to get in my face and tell me what to do when I'm the nicest. You know what I mean? So that concerns right. me in terms of leadership. That that could like fracture the locker room if a dude I know I'm better than is talking crazy to me. Like some some guys don't have that logical mind to where they could they could separate certain certain aspects of the locker room and do what's best for the team. They want to be the nicest. They want to be the alpha. They want to be the man. Does it take like a special kind of athlete to understand that some guys are better off being leaders and some guys are just nice at what they do on the court or on the field? Well, it gets tricky, but I think it gets tricky by team. 
If you think about the Golden State Warriors, it's easy for Draymond Green to be the leader of that team. Why? Because the personalities on the team. You know, Golden State has a, a, a set of mild-mannered guys. Kevin Durant is an example. Check his personality. He's kind of he's a right. passive-aggressive kind of yes, guy. Agree, same with agree, Steph agree. Curry. Same with Steph Curry. He's another passive-aggressive kind of guy where his personality, he don't have to be the rah-rah guy. He, his personality takes on Kevin Durant's personality. And you could go right. along the lines and keep it going with Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala and so forth and so on. So the Golden State Warriors did a great job meshing personalities. Right. Going with the oddball in Draymond Green. He's the only oddball. So it meshes right. perfectly. All right, so let's 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 bring this conversation full circle then. We we look at what, what we just had a year ago with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. You could argue that the best player on the team was Kevin Durant, but the leader was Russell Westbrook. How did you think that dynamic fractured their relationship? It was really hard for me, to be honest with you, to tell who was the leader on the team. It felt like Kevin Durant was the leader. It felt like the media portrayed Kevin Durant as the leader, but at the same right. time, it was, it was like Russell Westbrook's will was was in the way of everything, and that will was the friction, I believe, mm. between a Russell Westbrook and a Kevin Durant. But I honestly do think Kevin Durant was the leader because I, if you, even if you take out take little tidbits of their press conferences that they had together, Kevin Durant even stopped him during the press conference, like, "Hey, I got this. Let me speak." You know, okay. and that's what leaders do. That's what leaders do, and I think Kevin Durant showed. Uh, he was definitely the leader in Oklahoma City. Now, can Russell Westbrook stand that? Maybe not. It doesn't seem so. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he liked it very much at all. So where does where do, where do they friction lie? You think why all this friction all of a sudden come about? Is it possible that Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook never liked each other? I'm starting to believe that. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think that these guys tolerated each other, they coexisted, but they never really liked each other. I feel you, you could kind of see how they both interact with a James Harden. It's a it's a lot more lovable. It's a lot more like jovial and cordial. When you see them, it, it always felt forced to me. Not not to try to psychoanalyze them, but it never felt organic to me. You know what I mean? And you see the way they play on the floor. There was times when Kevin Durant did certain things and you would watch Westbrook, he'd throw his hands in the air and get demonstrative. And the same thing for KD when KD didn't get the ball when he felt he should have got the ball. I'm, I, like, it doesn't surprise me that, these, that they went their separate ways. They, I, there was a report just the other day after the game that they were in the same restaurant with separate entourages, not even trying to speak. And it wouldn't surprise me that wow. happened before, but it wasn't getting reported. Wow. Wow. I, that's yeah. the first time me hearing that. Yeah, they KD was in the front of the restaurant with his entourage, and you had Westbrook in the back of the restaurant with his entourage sharing the space. Mm. Like, these these guys. Well, let me let me. What? What it is, bro? What it is? I was going to ask you a question. We was talking about leadership in sports. I wanted to extend the sport. We was talking about basketball. Let's dive into football a little bit. Right. Do you think right. uh, the best player? on the football team can be the leader or should be the leader? You know, that's, you know, I don't know. Because in football, I feel like the dynamic is it's a little bit different. 
You know, you can have a guy who might be a special teams guy, but he's great in the locker room and he motivates dudes to want to get out on the field and ball out. But the best player might be a cornerback, might be the quarterback, might be a linebacker or something. Like that that sport is has so many other like parts involved to where a leader could be it could come from any level. It could be the coach, it could be the, the fifth string cornerback or something crazy like that. I just feel as though football is, is so different. But I, I'll take that a step further and ask you like baseball. They had this guy who was on the Yankees a couple years ago and he was on the Indians. I forget his name. But they said he was great in the locker room, great in the clubhouse, but he wasn't that good of a baseball player. You you think that that kind of ties into it too, where it's just guys who know how who master the art of communication and know how to get guys in the right frame of mind, but just not good at playing the sport. I mean, everybody is not athletically gifted, you know. Right. So if or and everybody is always somebody better than somebody. So. For baseball, for an example, if you're not the best player, in my opinion, if I'm going to listen to a baseball player that's not the best or one of the worst on my <laughs> team, he has to be he has to be acting as if he's a leader. You have right. a regular routine ground ball to the shortstop. You got to run it out. You know, you got to show if you're not going to be good, you're going to have to show your grit. You're going to have to show your hustle. You're going to have to make me want to uh, do what you do basically and follow suit so if you're not the best player on the team you definitely have to play 110 percent all right. the time all right that's so just I'll how i feel about this i'll close the segment out and, I, and i'll pose the question to you you played organized sports through high school would you be able to be the best player on the team but but be leaded by or be leaded whoa that was terrible grammar led by a dude that was clearly not better than you I'm comfortable. I'm me. Like I said, it all depends on each individual and that individual's personality. I'm kind of like a Steph Curry and Kevin Durant as far as my mentality. So I can deal with being the best player and somebody else leading, or vice versa. I don't mind. I don't mind uh, being the second or third best player and leading right. if I have to lead. I'm. I'm going to do. Whatever it is to do to win, wherever we lacking, I'm going to pick up the slack. That's just so my you, mentality, you, you know. You you more concerned with the bottom line, which is the wins and the losses, as opposed to leadership and the glory and all of that. And that's all that matters to me. Wins Got and it. losses, it doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who leads, as long as somebody leading and someone is leading correctly. You know, Got it doesn't matter who lead, it doesn't matter who's the best. The main result is the W. So if you want to lead, I'll follow if you want to lead us where we need to go. Straight up. Heard you. Heard you. Hey, Rich, I appreciate the time, man. We'll be doing this again real soon, bro. Definitely, man. Hey, look out for the show in a couple weeks. Mr. Jarvis, you will be the first one on. I definitely got some interesting topics to discuss Mm -hmm. with you, but we will talk about it on a later date, my brother. Definitely. Peace, bro. Until next time. I'm seeing the comments, Mark, Derek. Uh, in terms of having the qualities of the God-given, I agree. You know, certain things about men, certain makeup of men and, and people as a whole, you just got to have it. Some people are just not, you know, built a certain way. Like, I know A. Rich is a little more amendable than me. I, 
I don't know if I listen to somebody who I'm better than. I might, I might want to grab the ball and go. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'll be lying if I said I'll listen to the eight dude off the bench. I might want to be like, you're a scrub, you know. Well, make yourself better, you know. I, I got a little Kobe in me. I'm sorry. Uh, Derek, you know, there, there was no conversation. And that's the issue right there, you know. Like you say, I can imagine the conversation between the two after the Thunder got bounced in the playoffs. I'm willing to argue that KD hardly even broached the subject. It was probably along the lines of, yo, you know, yeah, man, we lost. Yeah, bro, that was tough. Uh, 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 and I'm pretty sure when West, I, I, I want to put money, I want to be a fly on the wall. Westbrook probably was talking about, yo, we're going to get him next year. And KD probably was just like, yeah, yeah. You know, when somebody say, yeah, but they don't look you in the eye, they just look, yeah, yeah, word, yeah. He knew he was gone. You know, this issue is more deep rooted. We're not going to know about how deep the rift was between Westbrook and Kevin Durant until years down the road when there's a 30 for 30. You know the 30 for 30s always blow everything up. That's that's where you're going to get the scoop on everything else. But uh, I want to shift gears. I got an angry Nick fan on the line. My homeboy, Eddie Sagara, he's been a contributor to car sessions for about a strong year on the baseball side of things. Um, he's coming on now to vent about his Knicks. We saw, you know, the... the <laughs> we saw what we saw yesterday. Sprewell, uh, Larry Johnson, Herb Williams, John Wallace. That was an abomination. All those dudes took the paper and showed up at the garden to make old Dolan look good. Message control 101. That's a problem for me. But my man Eddie Cigaro's on the line. Let's get him on. Eddie, 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 Eddie. The angry Nick fan, Eddie Cigaro. What it is, bro? It's been a while, my friend, but angry... I promise you I'd get you back on, man. Here we are. <laughs> what's good, man? The floor is yours. We're like, what's on your mind? You've been hitting me for weeks. I Yo, mean, I gotta talk about the Knicks. What's up, man? I mean, you know, I mean, what is there to talk about the Knicks? I mean, at one point, the Knicks about. were 14... And, the Knicks were 14 and 20. I was feeling great. I was thinking... Mm-hmm. Playoffs. I was thinking yeah. possibly Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And then several months have gone by, and they have won a total of nine games in their but last yo, thirty-three games. I, I gotta jump in, man. What is it with y'all Knicks fans? Y'all always get overly excited before y'all let things play out. Y'all, y'all are the king fan base of projecting. Y'all get a player via trade or sign them. Y'all going to the finals. Y'all have a five-game winning streak. Y'all going to the finals. I don't understand, like, why I, why I can't do things in moderation? Why must it be big all the time? I mean, that's just how it's supposed to be, you know? You oh, okay, be a my bad. Fan if you can't get excited on a three-game winning streak, you know, that's just mm. how it's always been. Okay. Um, I, mean, let, let, I mean, let's just be honest, though. I mean, the Knicks are pretty bad. They've been pretty bad the last 16 years, but... I do give them credit. They're they're interesting. You know what I mean? You will always talk about the New York Knicks. There's always something going on with them. Right. You know? Um, and then, uh, I mean, I mean, where do I begin? I mean, is Melo going to get traded? I, I'm going to help you out here, Ed. Last week, you got dragged by the Lakers. During the Clipper game, Charles Oakley gets tossed out. Then you had a pretty decent win yesterday against the Spurs, but then you had Dolan embarrassing you guys again. You had Phil Jackson tweeting shots at Carmelo Anthony. Pick or choose, bro. Pick or choose. 
Marcus Young. I mean, it's optimism, then it's blind faith. You guys are, are blind. Optimism is what Laker fans are. Knicks fans jump all the way out the window in, into the Atlantic Ocean. Go ahead, Eddie. I'm sorry. I had to respond to one of these dudes on the line. No, no, it's okay. You know, you know what really sucked about yesterday was the fact that they beat the Spurs, and no one's talking about that. That was arguably their best win of the season. True. And all people were talking about was, you know, James Dolan inviting Latrell Sprewell back into the garden for the first time in 13 years. You know, was that right. pure coincidence? I mean, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, it was It was nice. As a Knicks fan, it was nice to see number eight back at the garden. You know what I mean? Because the last time he was at the garden, he um, he was at the Timberwolves. He scored 31 points. He beat the Knicks. He was cursing out Dolan. You were just right, like, whoa, right. this guy will never be welcomed back into the garden. But, hey, 13, right. uh, 13 years later, got the whole Charles Oakley situation, and now he's back at the garden. So. But, uh, and that's what I mean. I These mean, guys, all things being equal, with with that story you just told, are, are they that hard up for cash? Because there had to be some money. Wasn't Vin Baker there too? I don't like what. I mean, Vin Baker. Like, you need the money that bad for two years. I mean, I guess that, you know, there's a saying: once to Nick, always to Nick. Guy played oh, like please. barely two years for the Nick. I mean, oh. and he's back at the Garden. I mean, what's next? Baron Davis, who played 20 games for the Knicks? He's gonna, he's gonna Didn't Baron Davis home game? fall off while he played for the Knicks? Didn't he have, like, some wild, crazy Sean Livingston injury or something like that playing for stuff? Yeah, he did, but you know what? He's the Knicks player. He'll probably be honored <laughs> at the Garden next week, for what I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the thing that really worries me about the New York Knicks has nothing to do with Phil Jackson. Has nothing to do with Carmelo Anthony. Has everything to do with Chris uh, Chris Ash Porzingis. I mean, two years as a Nick. Oh, I mean, he's been losing all the drama. I mean, right. it's not something that I want to put upon a young, talented player like a Chris Ash Porzingis. That's what I'm right. most worried about. You know what I mean? His development as an NBA player. Um, right. You also have a guy that came from Spain, uh, Billy Herman Gomez. You know, he right. looks pretty decent. You know, I, I like him a lot, though. You know, but Ed, the, the problem is, about the is that these guys can't develop and they can't take the necessary steps when they got number seven there, man. They, to me, the best thing for the Knicks right now is to get rid of Melo. Let Melo go into his career you know, with a contender and play for a chip. What, what, what is he doing in the garden at this point? I mean, you're absolutely right, but you know, Melo's not an idiot. He's not a dummy. He's—I don't know about that. You know, there's two teams. There's two teams that Melo would realistic want, realistically would want to play for. That's Cleveland because of his, you know, because of his BFF LeBron James, and also it's not a BFF out in LA, Chris Paul. But Chris Paul, he may not play again this season. So why would he accept a trade to the Los Angeles Clippers? They don't have a point guard. I mean, they do, theoretically speaking. Yeah. They have Austin Rivers and Ray Felton, but they're not Chris Paul. So why would he mm. want to go to that situation? I'll tell you something right now, Ray. Carmelo's not getting traded this season. If he's going to get he traded, he's getting traded in the offseason. He's not going to get traded next week. He will be a New York Knicks. Knicks fans, you heard it here first. Carmelo Anthony is not going anywhere. Well, the problem with Carmelo, in my opinion, is his decision-making. Since about 2011, Carmelo Anthony's been one of the worst decision-makers in the NBA. First and foremost, 
You forced your trade to the Knicks. But all you had to do was wait until the offseason to get to that same team, and you could have had better parts around you. You had Danilo Gallinari. You had Wilson Chandler. You had Ray Fountain before he tried to shoot up the club. You had a pretty decent squad. You know what I mean? But then you forced the trade, and then the Knicks got fleeced. Even before that, he had a chance to join the big three in Miami before Chris Bosh with D-Wade and LeBron James. He chose not to do that, too. Now, you had a chance to leave the Garden and go play with Chicago when D-Rose is still pretty good, and you had Jimmy Butler there, and the last good year, Joe Kim Noah, you chose to come back to the Knicks for more money. Now you have a chance to leave the Knicks one more time, and now you don't want to use your no-trade clause because you're in a feud with Phil Jackson. Carmelo Anthony makes the worst decisions of any quote-unquote superstar in the NBA. It's, it's point-proven at this point, man. Like it's, it's My man, like, Wave the no trade clause. Get out of the garden. Like what? What else is there left to do? You know what? He's just not gonna do that because, like well, I he's said, a bad decision maker. Two teams. There's two teams he'll realistically go to, but those two teams don't have any assets to give up for Carmelo Anthony. And I really hate when people say, "Oh, if he were to go to Boston, he wouldn't make them better." Like they will be a better team. With a Carmelo Anthony. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a sleeper team, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. But Washington Wizards, my friend, would benefit with a Carmelo Anthony on that team. I believe Bradley Beal, John Wall, Carmelo Anthony, you're telling me that they they can't go to the Eastern Conference Finals and compete against the Cleveland Cavaliers? You know, but I mean, yeah, Car- Carmelo needs to go to a situation where he's not the number one guy. Like we've seen what Carmelo is capable of. Not, I know it's the Olympics, but still, when you have Carmelo in the role of a gunner, not asked to do too much. You, you, you have two other guys who primary ball handlers. He gets to his spots on the floor, catch and shoot, catch and attack. To me, that's the best version of Melo. Melo who wants to isolate and hold the ball and do nothing doesn't help anybody. But Melo on the go making plays. Is the best situation. That's why I would I wouldn't mind him going to the Clippers. I wouldn't mind him going to Washington. I wouldn't mind him going to Boston because he'd be in a situation where all he'd be asked to do is score and not be the guy. Just get buckets when the ball is in your hand. And I I, I absolutely one hundred percent agree with you. You know, a few years ago he forced his way to New York. You know, right. they could have used those assets. They could have used the Wilson Chandler. They could have used the Danilo Gallinari for a potential right. Chris Paul trade. You know, he right. forced his way to the Knicks. Um, but, you know, this is not all, all on Carmelo Anthony. You know, it Phil is. Jackson it is. has it done is. absolutely nothing. Other than drafting Chris Tass Porzingis, what has Phil Jackson done with the New Phil York Knicks? Phil Jackson has been trying to push Carmelo out the door. Since he got to New York, and Carmelo is like that dog that doesn't want to go to his house. He just wants to lay by the door. He doesn't want to get out. Phil Jackson's been pushing him. He don't want to leave. He's the house guest that's not wanted anymore. That's not Phil Jackson's fault. You know, and I'll tell you one thing. I know James Dolan has gone on record. He was on the Michael K. show on Friday afternoon. He said he was going to honor Phil Jackson's five-year commitment. But you know what? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. He he's good. Do I, Phil Phil Jackson's not getting fired by anybody. If Phil Jackson leaves it's because he I'm wants to leave. I'm telling you, Phil Jackson. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna wrap this segment up by saying this. He's been bashing Melo every chance he got. This is Phil, and James Dolan has not stepped out one time to stop it. But as soon as Oakley Gate happened, James Dolan's doing interviews. 
That says everything that needs to be said. He has the backing of Dolan. But Ed, I gotta wrap this segment up, bro. Yeah, but you know what? Knicks fans, unfortunately, they're not gonna make the playoffs this year. The twenty-three and thirty-three. Melo's not going anywhere this uh forty-three years. He'll probably get traded in the offseason. But you know what, Knicks fans? We have a draft pick. We have a draft pick. Do you? Didn't I trade that draft pick? Oh, I'm bugging. No, 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 no. The New York Knicks have their draft pick this offseason. They did not have their they didn't have their draft pick last year. They have their draft pick this year. So you know what? If they don't make the playoffs, they'll be good. They'll be alright. Alright, and I'm gonna have you back on next week. Hopefully the Knicks have a better week than this last week, bro. No, they only play one game this week, so hey, it's gonna be a great week for them. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Peace, bro. Thanks for having me on. All right, people, about to hit the stretch run. Um, Derek, I don't know. Well, we, we know who's going to respond negatively to, to the mellow of it all. Esco, Kringle, you know. Uh, uh, the, the meme guard has been relatively quiet since he had that war with Ash. But we're not going to get into that. But we, we all peep. But anyway, I think the Knicks need to get rid of Melo. Like I said just now, he's not one of the strongest decision makers of a superstar in recent memory. Yeah, another year of the remakes. Wait till next year. <laughs> Yo, Mark. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, the Knicks have a couple of decent young players. Whatever they could get from Derrick Rose in a trade now, I would do so. Same thing for Melo. To me, the, the, the Knicks, with what they have, wouldn't even have to do a stealth tank the way the Lakers did. They would just have to make a couple of trades. You already have the, the cornerstone and Chris Apps. You got a couple of decent young guys. It wouldn't be as hard as we had to deal with. But it's up to Carmelo to do the right thing for once. Don't be selfish, Melo. Don't be bad decision maker, Melo. You got your money. Don't you want to play for a chip the rest of your prime? Or you or you want to fight with a dude with 11 rings that has nothing to gain and nothing to lose from, from the job he's in? Phil Jackson's doing his job for fun. So what you fight with him for? That's my opinion. But anyway, people, I kept you on here long enough. To those who tuned in and joined me on this car sessions, I appreciate it once again. Share it. Get the word out there. We got a sports show that's telling it how it is and how it should be told. No narratives. No dude with the beak on Fox slurping off LeBron when he knows the facts are right in front of him. No unnecessary mellow bashing and, and team bashing for, for pointless reasons besides the drum up conversation. If we keep it funky on car sessions, the word needs to be out there. So next time, I'm out. <laughs>